Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Panisi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I am Omar Bourne. And I'm Allison Panisi. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can. So feel free to listen to Prep Talk on your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, Instagram, and much more. This episode, we are highlighting the John D. Solomon Fellowship for Public Service. That is right, Omar. Each year, the fellowship provides 10 graduate students in New York City the opportunity to complete a nine-month paid fellowship in a government agency or nonprofit organization. It was started back in 2012, and it is also the first student fellowship in New York City devoted specifically to emergency management. Joining us to discuss the John D. Solomon Fellowship for Public Service are James Solomon, the brother of John D. Solomon, and Amanda Kravchik, Deputy Director of Strategic Partnerships at New York City Emergency Management. Welcome to Prep Talk. Hi, Allison and Omar. Good to be with you. Yes, thanks so much for having us. Thank you both for being here. We're going to get right into it. Uh, Now, the Solomon Fellowship was started in memory of John D. Solomon, your brother, Jim, uh, the late John D. Solomon. Jim, I want you to take us back to the importance of having this in place, not only to honor your brother's memory, but also to provide an opportunity for graduates to gain experience in public service. Well, as you say, the fellowship was established shortly after my brother John's death uh, in in 2010 from complications related to leukemia. John's friends and his families and former colleagues, we wanted to find a way to perpetuate John's passion for public service. And, and for emergency management and preparedness in particular, John was the creator of a seminal blog, uh, which was called In Case of Emergency, Read Blog, A Citizen's Eye View of Public Preparedness. And, and John believed that emergency, uh, being prepared for emergencies was an essential element of citizenship in the 21st century. And in light of the pandemic and the fires out West, the hurricanes, uh, I think it's clearly our reality. But it wasn't just perpetuating John's work, John's family, friends, and colleagues, we also felt that uh, we needed to create a fellowship program truly worthy of its namesake. And so I think for your listeners to have a better understanding of the John D. Solomon Fellowship, they kind of have to understand who John was. And the best example I I could think of is uh, the way he played basketball. He was a all New York City player in high school, and he was talented, but far... (laughs) You should say far from physically gifted. Um, teammates used to joke he couldn't jump over a book. Uh, yet somehow, uh, when the game was over, he'd scored 20 points uh, and had 20 rebounds. And it was really through sheer will. He was relentless. And that meant he would dive on the floor for every loose ball, sacrifice his body on defense. And basically, John was about how do I make my team better? And that is the spirit of this fellowship. How do I make my team better? How do I make my city better? I like what you said about getting to know John and John being a team player. And he was also the ultimate team player when it came to the Community Emergency Response Team, or CERT as we call it. And he was also active in his community as a CERT volunteer. Is that correct? 
Exactly right. And and he got, um, as I say, he, he gained as much as he gave. Uh, he loved that experience, loved his fellow CERT volunteers. It was a very, very important part of his life. And he he involved his very young daughters in, in his uh, CERT wherever possible when he would be handing out uh, pamphlets, et cetera. He'd, he'd bring his uh, his girls along. So how many fellows have graduated from the program and how many have gone on to careers in public service following the fellowship? Amanda? Sure. So over the years, we've had 70 fellows that have graduated from the program and have moved on to our alumni network. And of those 70 fellows, 46% of our alumni are currently working in the public sector, Um, 15 of those specifically at New York City agencies, which is very exciting. And it really shows how the fellowship sort of launches the, the class into city work. Thank you for that. I want to turn now to the opportunities that the fellows and the mentors have had since the inception of the fellowship. I'm sure there are lots of meaningful and memorable experiences that both of you have. So Amanda, let's start with you. Uh, Take us back to some of those experiences that you've had and what they mean to you, both as a a mentor and uh, being part of the fellowship. Sure. So actually one that sticks out to me very clearly uh, when I was a fellow, uh, we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and we had a tour with the owners of the collection. And so they explained to us where they purchased this item, how they got this item within their collection, which was really interesting. Just as a young person in New York City who's visited the, the Met on several occasions, I've never had that sort of experience where someone walked me through their process of how they acquired the collection that they had. Fast forward a couple of years, we had a business continuity tour and chat at the Metropolitan Museum of Art um, with some of their uh, emergency management personnel. And just having that perspective, it really, to me, felt so well-rounded as a fellow to not just be able to appreciate the art and the collection within a museum, but to also have the understanding of what goes into ensuring that that collection is is safe, available to the public, and just taking a look at all of the different um, museums, cultural institutions. Um, We've also done a similar chat with the folks at NYU. So just looking through how the city um, keeps itself prepared in case of an emergency, not just city agencies, but private organizations, cultural institutions, um, institutions of higher learning, et cetera. So it was really wonderful. Thank you very much. Jim, how about you? Any experiences that you want to share? Well, I, I'd say um, Amanda is a perfect example of something, someone that is the, the idea that you are a fellow, you, that you bring your skills to, this, to the city, not just this program, to the city, and then you stay and develop um, a mentor relationship with fellows. And, there, and men is not the exception. There have been quite a number of uh, former fellows who've been hired full-time by the city and uh, choose to serve as then mentors to, to current fellows. But then there are also sort of specific things that fellows um, do. They're, we were not creating a fellowship just for the sake of a fellowship. It was for the fellows, these graduate students, to have very meaningful responsibilities. And so fellows have written the continuity of operations manuals for their agencies or Help or actually developed and implemented an emergency management curriculum for the NYPD auxiliary force. 
the city's first Spanish language Twitter was started by a fellow. And then if you ever go to a graduation, and every May we the, the 10 fellows graduate, um, and the commissioner of, of NYSEM uh, attends and speaks, and you see the bonds that have developed between the fellow and their mentors, and in many respects, they become lifelong. And then the other thing, and this is, I think, you know, this is a, perhaps a, a family's perspective, but to see a group of fellows, a cohort of 10 fellows from every imaginable background. We've had a burn unit nurse, a coal miner, a U.S. military codebreaker able to read 13 languages, the whole gamut of fellows. and from graduate programs in graphic design, international affairs, public health, teaching, from more than a dozen graduate school uh, universities, and all are bringing their enormous talents and abilities to meaningful responsibilities. An example is the Department of Education, which has 1.1 million students, has a tiny department specifically focused on emergency management. And at one point in the past several years, Nearly half of the people in that department were either current or former John D. Solomon fellows. It's incredible. And it goes back to what we say about finding your path and getting a gateway into the field of emergency management. It doesn't have to be where you graduate from school and you just step right into an agency. It could be a fellowship. It could be a volunteer effort. Um, so it's really incredible to hear all of the memorable experiences and opportunities that these fellows have had. And Amanda, I'm going to keep you in the spotlight. Um, since uh, we mentioned this earlier, you were a fellow with the program from 2016 to 2017. And you're now one of the individuals who not only spearhead this program, but you also serve as a mentor. Um, so can you talk to us about how your experiences as a fellow have shaped your role as a mentor and a program leader? Absolutely. I think that with this fellowship, it's been an amazing experience to go from being a fellow where you're sort of just trying to figure out what do I want to do? So all of our fellows are in graduate school. I was a fellow and in graduate school as well, specifically studying emergency management. And this fellowship allowed me to have that hands-on experience and network with folks that I would not have had access to otherwise. So speaking with leaders, commissioners at city agencies to talk about how they got to where they were. What did their career path look like? networking with folks and saying, hey, I'm kind of interested in this as well. Can you tell me a little bit about it? And luckily for me, at the end of the day, emergency management did become my path and something that I stayed interested in. But just having the opportunity to speak to folks at the fire department, at the Department of Education, and just see how emergency management differs depending on the agency, depending on where you are, um, was really, really wonderful. And I think that for myself, that has really shaped how I would love the fellows to experience the program as we go forward. So every year I encourage the cohort, the class to say, hey, this fellowship is what you make it. We have various events, you are placed with various agencies and we want you to have an amazing experience. You're of course, as Jim uh, mentioned earlier, going to be tasked with various projects um, and you're going to have the guidance from your mentors. But aside from that, really plug into the alumni network that we have created and plug into those mentors that are at your disposal and pick their brains. And so that is something that has really shaped the program moving forward. We take the feedback from previous classes and say, okay, this went well, let's continue doing this. This was okay, 
here's some feedback that we received. Let's make it better. And I think that with this particular program, you really see that year to year, just constantly evolving and improving um, with the feedback that we've received. As And that's how you can see that the fellows move into city leadership, move into city agencies. And that's really, really exciting. And I'm glad that you both talked about the hands-on experience that this fellowship allows the fellows uh, to have. And you also talked about the evolution of the fellowship. In both of your minds, where do you want to see this progress, this fellowship progress within the next few years? What do you think is next for this type of opportunity? What, you, what you're finding with the fellowship program now is in a sort of a very ideal place. And that is um, from day one, you are uh, immediately not just given a front row seat, but you're actually handed the ball. That has been the case from the, from the very beginning of this fellowship program. Within weeks when, of this fellowship start in 2012, Hurricane Sandy hit. And immediately the fellows at that time found themselves in the emergency operations center and, and already being tasked with considerable experiences. Now, of course, they're learning and they're not being thrown things that, that they have no business being done, but they have an immediate role and responsibility. So there are experiences that you couldn't possibly have unless you were invited into the room, so to speak, and these fellows are in the room. And so in answer to your question, Omar, I actually think the fellowship at this moment is what it should be. And that is, it, it, it is 10 fellows who are having meaningful experiences who are meaningfully connecting with each other, who are part of a community. And, and I get, this is a, can be a cliche, but I'd say even a family, uh, as the fellows become very meaningful parts of the Solomon extended family. You know, as I said at the start, when we, we've talked about John, who John was, uh, an integral part of John's life was being part of a team. And that is fundamentally where this and what this fellowship is about. Firstly, the cohorts get to know the cohort, each fellow's class gets to, they get to know each other actually quite well across, even though they're at different universities, they find ways through social events, et cetera. And it also helps to connect agencies. There are fellows at anywhere, roughly a half dozen different agencies. So they get to know each other in the agencies, as do the mentors. They, they sort of collaborate uh, across agencies. And each of these fellows is generally within a very small department within their agency. And so they create teams and they become very integral parts of their team. So this notion of team, which is a cliche we hear all the time, well, the fellows are creating them and participating in them. And it is, uh, it is not an isolated experience where you're on your own. And in a time of pandemic where you, there is a lot of isolation, you are pulled into a team working for a collective goal on behalf of uh, the city. And that's what John was about. I couldn't agree more, Jim. I, I think that the fellowship really acts as a team, as, as an amazing network. And I think that with the hands-on experience, Omar, that you mentioned a bit earlier, um, the fellowship really provides that opportunity. So take COVID, for example. It's, it's at the forefront of everyone's mind. Can't forget about it. Um, and so with the most recent uh, fellowship class that graduated 2019 to 2020, um, obviously halfway through the, the program, we all were experiencing COVID and, and trying to navigate through that response and what that looks like. 
And they really jumped in with both hands, trying to support the team at their respective agency as we were all figuring out what this is going to look like, what the response is going to look like. How are we going to support New Yorkers? How are we going to ensure the safety and security of the city as folks are really trying to wrap their minds around this pandemic? Um, And so I think for the future of the program, I would really love to see our alumni network grow over the years. Obviously, that's going to happen as we have more classes. But the fellows to really dive deep into that experience as well, and alumni helping the current class as well as helping more recent graduates navigate through city government, um, through public service, and really figuring out how the fellows and the alumni can really shine a light on public service, specifically in New York City. Um, I think that for me, it's been an amazing experience, and I'm really excited to see how we can make this bigger and better over the years to come. Beautifully said. Uh, Speaking with Jim Solomon and Amanda Kravchik. Up next, we are talking to current John D. Solomon Fellow Andrew Wasserman from the New York City Department of Environmental Protection. He will discuss his experience with the program so far. But first, here is a message from New York City Emergency Management. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. (gasps) Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. You're listening to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. You are listening to Prep Talk, and we are back. We are talking with current John D. Solomon fellow Andrew Wasserman. He is currently working with the New York City Department of Environmental Protection. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, let's get right into it. So, Andrew, how did you hear about the John D. Solomon Fellowship for Public Service, and what motivated you to apply? I heard about the fellowship through my graduate program at Hunter College. I'm currently studying urban planning in the urban policy and planning department. We have a fairly regular newsletter email with department news, and it might include jobs, internships, scholarship opportunities, things like that. So this past January, the fellowship was listed in one of these emails. And frankly, I just thought it sounded really interesting. I'm deeply interested in environmental issues, sustainability, environmental justice, climate change mitigation, and adaptation, which is a large part of my motivation uh, to go back to school to study urban planning. And my interest in emergency management kind of stems from, to some degree, from my experience of living in the city during Hurricane Sandy. So the likelihood of similar storms increases as the planet warms. So all of these interests really come together pretty neatly. And this fellowship seemed like a great opportunity to learn about city government from the inside, to meet the people who keep the city running, and really to help people. 
So I guess that's my long-winded way of saying that I really want to help people. (laughs) (laughs) And in wanting to help people, what do you think is uh, your main goal for, you know, this year at the end of of these nine months? I mean, I I find the work that DEP does incredibly interesting. Uh, The department supplies over a billion gallons of drinking water to the city every day and manages Mm -hmm. over a billion gallons of wastewater, too every day. So maybe I'm an infrastructure nerd. Okay, I think I'm an infrastructure nerd. So I, I think that's incredible. So my main goal, I guess, is to learn more about how the organization works, how it functions, you know, how, how it keeps all of this running. And touching on what Amanda said earlier, I'd love to speak to people in a variety of roles there to understand how everyone works together to keep the city functioning and how they're planning for a future in which there could be less rain in the watersheds that supply our drinking water. There might be more storms, more flooding. So there's a lot to be addressed. So I really want to understand how this happens and network and explore the possibilities of a career in helping to continue this work. And I know you just started the fellowship, but how has it been going so far? Uh, so far, so good. I've uh, you know only been there not too long. You know, already seen some interesting things. I already had an opportunity to go out in the field and see some crews working to restore water service to some customers and figure out, you know, why some pipes had broken. Uh, So it's really interesting to get some hands-on experience. And we have Jim and Amanda who are still with us on the show. So I want to bring them back here because we have Andrew uh, and he's bubbly. He's he's ready to go and. And we've been talking about hands-on experience throughout this discussion. So to Jim and to Amanda, what advice do you give to Andrew being part of this fellowship? Andrew, I say this to all the fellows, um, it's not an accident that you are a John D. Solomon Fellowship. You and uh, your fellow fellows share a lot in common with John, a commitment to public service, a desire to help others, empathy, intelligence sense of teamwork. And in Andrew, Andrew's case, he, like, like John, Andrew worked for media companies, uh, spent a decade in the private sector at both the New York Times and Turner Broadcasting. And a- Andrew wrote something on his application. And he said, uh, and John was not musically adept, but he was a very good listener. And Andrew described in his application about being interested in improvisational music. Uh, which requires people to really listen, he wrote. And he applies that to all aspects of his life, which is a very John Solomon quality. In Andrew and, and his fellow, the other fellows, they are provided an opportunity, thanks to the uh, city and to their mentors, to be in the room. And they can do and make, and Andrew you know, it will make as much of this experience as he possibly wants to. And with the support that Amanda and her colleagues are able to provide, fellows can continually enhance the experience they wish to have. Absolutely, Jim. I would say, Andrew, in terms of moving forward over the next nine months, that it is what you make of it, right? And so just ensuring that as you are navigating through DEP, having that experience, plugging into uh, the projects uh, with your mentors, just ensuring that your interests in urban planning do stay at the forefront and you do communicate that to your mentors so that they know, okay, let me ensure that he's plugged into this meeting so that maybe he can get a better taste of what that looks like specifically at our agency. 
as well as plugging into the alumni network. We have quite a few folks who have graduated with a concentration in urban planning. And so just ensuring, again, uh, utilizing the network to the best of your ability to ensure that uh, when the time comes and you are looking for future possibilities and opportunities, um, that you have those options available to you. So best of luck. Very excited to see what you do this year. And thank you, Andrew. I mean, thank you for, for your service to the city. Jim, thank you so much for those uh, really kind words. I, I really appreciate that. And Amanda, too, thank you so much for, for that great advice. Andrew, we wish you all the best of luck with this fellowship. And I think it's safe to say this isn't the last time we will be hearing from you. Thank you so much for having me. Up next, we have Jim and Amanda for Rapid Response. If you don't know, now you know. You're listening to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. It is Rapid Response time. And if you are a first time listener, it's simple. Omar and I will ask questions and our guests will give the first answer that comes to mind. All right, let's get it started. The first question, what is the one thing you want listeners to know about public service? Jim, we're going to start with you and then Amanda can chime in. You get more than you give. I like that. Amanda? It's tough work, but definitely worth it at the end of the day. Both great answers. Uh, What is the one emergency item you cannot live without? Jim, we'll start with you. Well, I'd say my wife, but um, let's say my John D. Solomon Fellowship flashlight. (laughs) I'm going to say my phone uh, simply because it's keeper of all things for me. Jim, those were both great answers and we'll take both of them. And Amanda, just make sure that you have that phone charged. All right. Absolutely. (laughs) Last question. Let's sum up the fellowship in one word, Amanda. It's tough to do one word, so I'm going to say an opportunity to launch your career. That's acceptable. Jim, (laughs) what about you? It's easy. Heart. Both excellent answers. Speaking with Jim Solomon and Amanda Kraftchik. Thank you both so much for joining Prep Talk. For our listeners, if you are interested in applying to the John D. Solomon Fellowship for Public Service, you can learn more by visiting nyc.gov forward slash John D. Solomon Fellowship, or you can follow the John D. Solomon Fellowship for Public Service on LinkedIn. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.